We are here at our very last episode, wrapping up season two of Sounding Off. We will be back very, very soon. We are so thrilled today to be joined by Shakia Taylor. She's a baseball writer and historian. Her work offers a much needed lens on race and culture and baseball, and she has the hardware to prove it. She's a 2021 winner of the Society for American Baseball Research Analytics Conference Research Award and the AP Sports Editors Award. You can read her work on SB Nation, Fangraphs, Baseball Prospectus, MLB.com, and more. Thank you so, so much for joining us, Shakia. Thank you for having me. I'm <laughs> super excited to be here. So your work asks really important questions about the role of music in baseball across several genres. We here at The Sound of Victory were particularly into your recent call on Twitter to bring R&B tracks back for walk-up <laughs> songs, into walk-up songs. How would you describe the relationship between music and sport? Or to think about it another way, what does sport sound like to you? 90s R&B, I mean, I feel like it's the best, right? Like that whole era, the swing era, New Jack Swing, as you say, it's just great music. It feels timeless. It's very weird to hear things that I like on, you know, the oldie station. But I feel like music and sport are married. They have to go together. You know, you have like the historic connection between baseball and jazz, or, you know, sometimes you have the, you know, very unfortunate relationship with disco and baseball. But I also think like music it matches the passion of sport. It matches, you know, the will to win is there. Um, you can have a song for any mood. I like to soundtrack my life, right? And sometimes I think of like what song would sound great. And so with sports, I feel like I'm regularly connecting a moment to a song. Is there a particular moment or memory that stands out to you personally where music and sport have intersected either that you've experienced or that you've witnessed? Okay, so I have a really fun one. Whenever I hear Pony, I think of being in Cleveland at a Cleveland baseball team game during the 2016 season. Now the 2016 season, we all know how that ended for them. They're my favorite team. But I went on a date to a Cleveland game and this guy and I are sitting, you know, not too far behind home plate and Pony was playing in the ballpark and I started cracking up laughing. And, you know, that season was a really good season for, you know, the home team, despite the result. And so that's one of my like fun music memories. Whenever I hear Pony, I'm like, I remember this time I was on a date at a game and Juan Uribe <laughs> was walking up to Pony. <laughs> that's so great. I love that. And again, the R&B is serving us in this moment. We just I I don't know how many baseball players are tuned in to sounding off, but just know we are ready. We are waiting. We want it to happen. You mentioned this connection of jazz to baseball, um, and, and a lot of folks might make that connection to basketball. There's this also very vivid history um, with jazz and basketball. And you've written multiple pieces about the relationship between jazz and baseball. What is jazz ball? Can you talk more about that? And how do jazz and baseball connect to our broader understandings of American history? Yeah, jazz ball was first an amazing thing for me to find out that essentially the word jazz has one of its derivations in baseball. A pitcher was throwing a fancy pitch at the time because, you know, pitching has sort of evolved over the years anyway, even to present. But at that time, 
that was the word used in a column in a newspaper in California. And it caught on. But then there's also the connection where you have jazz musicians who were really into baseball. You know, they played and they had barnstorming teams. And I think it's one of the cooler things. Like baseball has lost a lot of its cool. But when you look back at jazz and the jazz era and jazz legends being very into you know, baseball, it makes it a little cooler. It gives it a little allure, you know, like Louis Armstrong and his secret nine. Like who would, I never knew he funded a barnstorming team and apparently they were terrible, but they looked amazing because he paid for great uniforms. <laughs> That's incredible. Um, and I think, you know, if there's another kind of uh, connection that you see with jazz music specifically, and just thinking about like the first half of the 20th century, especially, and what is happening. When we think about just, especially thinking about black baseball players and black jazz musicians as being two groups of folks that got to experience more of the country and even the world than a lot of their counterparts in that moment and how music and sport are circulating and allowing athletes to have access in a particular way um, in terms of both class, in terms of both culture, um, that a lot of other black folks at that time didn't have. Can you talk a little bit about that? I know you, you dig into the archives, both in terms of Major League Baseball's history as well as the Negro Leagues in that way. Yeah, I mean, the Negro Leagues and jazz, first, that's a really beautiful connection. Uh, in Kansas City, they still have, you know, jazz nights. Um, jazz was actually used to raise money by Jackie Robinson to bail out uh, Dr. King. It was the time where I think about Sundays, right? In Black culture, on Sundays, you remember people dressing up. You remember your grandma, your aunties, they would put on their best. And so jazz music is associated with our culture in that it was when we stepped out. It was when we, we had a good time. And then baseball also had that connection, but then sport in general was where we found our stars. It was where we found, so the sports and the musicians with, I feel like, I think about like the Harlem Renaissance, that, that era of, you know, music and sport being married. You have boxers and, you know, basketball players. And it just became this big, big thing. It's a connection. It's, they're both elevated in the black community anyway. They share a ton of experience as far as like celebrity exposure. Also the things that they have to deal with, I would say are a lot similar as well. Absolutely. And I think there's just these these great ways they connect across time, right, and space, which is a huge part of what we're interested in here, for sure. So there's jazz music, and then there's Jazz Chisholm Jr., for me, one of the yes. most exciting Major League Baseball players right now. You wrote about his style of ball, what you're calling Jazz Ball 2.0, and describe <laughs> it really beautifully. I want to read this piece. You write that, quote, what Chisholm brings to the game is much like the backbeat, the groove, the part you feel, end quote. So the back Beat, the two and the four for those clapping on beat at home is an important part of black musical traditions. And you cite Ethan Hine of the NYU Music Experience Design Lab, who says that the backbeat creates tension, anticipation, active involvement in the sonic. Can you talk a little bit more about what brought you to hearing and experiencing baseball through the backbeat? I think it's such an interesting way to think through a sport. Well, I'm a big hip hop fan, big hip hop fan. A Tribe Called Quest is like, number one in my book and my heart. I tell people all the time, I even have a tribe tattoo. That's how much I love them. And if you remember 
OG Tribe Records. You remember the marriage of jazz in their hip hop, right? And in fact, that piece is titled after the Tribe song, Jazz We Got. And if you think about it, you know, that song is, we got the jazz, we got the jazz. And, he, and you watch Jazz Chisholm play, he's giving you that, he's giving you that anticipation. Like, is he gonna steal the bass? I mean, what, we never know what he's gonna do. He's exciting, he's black. Like on top of all of these other great things, he's black, he's Bahamian actually. Like just an incredible guy who brings an energy, he brings something cool. And I think jazz and hip hop and Jazz Chisholm Jr. are kind of, you know, cool things, very cool things. Watching that kid play, especially in their Miami Vice jerseys with the gold chains and, you know, and he's Euro stepping, like, it just doesn't get any more fun than that. And, you know, the backbeat is the rhythm. And that's what Jazz Chisholm is bringing to the game. He's playing on the two and the four. Uh, so I'm so glad you brought up hip hop because that's what we wanted to ask about next. So you write about hip hop's influence and its relationship to baseball, which resonates across walk-up songs, but also across music videos and merchandise. So what's the current relationship that you see between hip hop and baseball? Um, and what are the current relics that speak to you? So, you know, we're thinking about Chance the Rapper and the redesign of the White Sox hat or other things that you're thinking about in this space. So the relationship with baseball and hip hop is kind of complicated, right? Like if, if Major League Baseball, cause I don't want to marry Major League Baseball with the word baseball ever. If Major League Baseball decided to take advantage of the fact that there is a such thing as a black cool. If they took advantage of that again, the way the White Sox did with those jerseys, maybe, maybe like the games wouldn't be so stodgy, so uptight, you know? Like Chance made that hat. And while I think it was a cool idea, I don't think it was the right thing. Like I've never seen anyone under 35 wearing that hat. I live in Chicago for people listening who may not know that. My friend and I made a joke that it's the dad hat. It's the the 35 year old, but I'm still cool because I wear Jordan's cap. So while he may have like made something really interesting, he still didn't bring in, I would say a new fan base. He brought in just people who used to like baseball and also think chance is cool. Currently, I think Major League Baseball just uses hip hop in its like social media presence in its commercials. You know, I even saw a commercial with a Lil Nas X song so far since the 2021 playoffs have started. And I'm like, if you could marry that advertising genius to the product on the field, maybe we'd have something. You know, the jerseys this season are by Nike. And they had this entire City Connect line. And you could tell that the White Sox jersey was a very clear attempt to be like, you know, we're hood, we're, we're from the South Side, you know? And aside from the fact that South Side is two words, not one, I'm a writer, I'm always gonna notice stuff like that. It just still kind of missed the mark. Like they try really hard, but I think ultimately until the right people are making the decisions, the relationship between hip hop and the sport are gonna be a little questionable for a while. You already know where this is going, right? Um, <laughs> so. Oh my God. All right. You have I'm to just... take a picture of yourself and send it to me, please. Like, I will, this is the greatest it. thing to ever happen to me. You have no idea, like my eyes are popping. Oh my God, this is amazing. <laughs> I'll send you pictures, I'll send, we'll do screenshots. 
okay? <laughs> so for those listening at home, I currently have a gray velvet do-rag on my head, and this is in honor of a piece that Shakia recently wrote for 538 titled, Marcus Stroman wears a do-rag every game he starts, which one does he pitch best in? It's a really cool analytics perspective that I never thought I'd see, given how white the baseball journalism space can be. I'd like to read this one part that I particularly love, where you write, quote, in black communities, the do-rag has been a popular accessory for many years. It's both fashion, it can match a hat, clothing, etc., and function, helping smooth our hair and aiding in the formation of waves. In the aughts, the do-rag might even have been considered a marker of cool. It was during that time rappers and athletes brought do-rags into the mainstream. NBA legend Allen Iverson is to the do-rag what rapper Jay-Z is to the Yankee fitted. Strowman, 30, sporting a neatly tucked do-rag, is a reminder of that cool, end quote. I love how you conceptualize black cool here, but I'm also reminded in reading this how much of the culture slips through the cracks because of the overwhelming whiteness of baseball media. How do you maneuver through this space as a black woman? I mean, I'm going to be honest. Most of the stuff I come up with is just pure divine inspiration. I'll be sitting on the couch watching a game and, you know, a thought occurs to me. And I think it's rooted in the fact that Blackness is my default. I know that for a lot of people in the world, they talk about like whiteness is centered, whiteness is the default. Not for me, not for me personally. I recognize that's the way it is in media, but I try to write what I see. I write my world, the world as it occurs to me. And in that world, Marcus Stroman wearing a do-rag is cool. It is not something to make, you know, terrible comments about or whatever. It's cool. I remember being a kid in the 90s. I remember I've worn a do-rag. Like, let's be clear. Like, I have been the Black girl with a very short haircut, and I would put a little water, a little gel in my hair, and I put a do-rag on, you know, for a couple hours, make sure I was smooth and tight. So, like, I recognize what it's used for. But then I also know that like, you know, if it matches your cap, if it matches your shoes or whatever, it becomes a part of the outfit. And instead of falling for, you know, people talking negative things about it, I decided to flip it. Let me show you what it's really about. Because what I believe traditional media lacks is cultural understanding. So in my efforts to write in a space where you know, before me, there was just one other Black woman. There have been other Black women who were attempting, but they never stuck to baseball. And I kind of understand why. Either they weren't interested or they felt like baseball media wasn't receptive. That's not how it's been for me. I've definitely trudged ahead. Like, also, it doesn't hurt that, you know, I'm kind of cool in my own way. You know, we all have our own little weird, but that helps. And so I think showing everyone that I def my default is blackness. So this is what you're gonna get like all the time. My nails, my hoops, my red lips, my dreadlocks, like you're going to get all of that all the time. And thus far people have, I can't say I've had too many bad days. You know, there are some people who don't wanna share that kind of space because they don't believe that we can all shine at the same time, but we can, you know, like I interviewed commissioner Bud Selig recently and he repeated something a few times and it was baseball is a social institution 
baseball is a social institution. It should mirror America. It should reflect America. And so right now it doesn't, but it does. It, it really shows us all of the things that we need to fix. And in my writing, I have to kind of say like, black culture is here. You embrace it in all the ways, except when we do it ourselves. And I wanna confront, I wanna hold up that mirror to this social institution. And the do-rag is one of those things. Like you use this against him, but the boy good. You know, like he's out there in a do-rag defying all of your thoughts about him. That's black cool right there. Uh, you've written about and also tweet about how you experience the sport and how Major League Baseball markets it to the masses. And you've just spoken to this a bit, right? Of what does baseball need to do uh, to make the sport more accessible and equitable for women, whether they're fans, journalists, or working up the ranks toward the front office positions? I think one of the number one things they could do is hire women. Putting women in positions of power then opens up the avenues and always for women to come into the sport in, at any level. You know, first of all, I want more leagues to understand that women are regular fans. You don't, like, they don't need to classify women as women fans. We are regular fans. We like the sport the same way everyone else does. And so I think putting women in positions of power will maybe open up the doors to understanding for that. Assuming that the women who are hired also have that goal because we, you know, experience some patriarchal women. I also think another uh, way is a culture change. It's, there's going to have to be a ton of people fired. There's going to have to be a ton of people removed because you have a systemic issue. It's deep, right? Like Kim Ang has been in and around Major League Baseball for more than most men at this point. I think when she was hired, it was 20 or 25 years. Why did it take that long? She's been there all the time. It's things like that. It's all these stories about athletes assaulting women or being creeps like it's cultural and I've heard so so much in the reporting that I've had to do you know talking to players you get a lot of off the record comments about just how terrible the culture is for women and when you really think about it most athletes respect other athletes generally like you male athletes or men athletes they respect women but for some reason that's not happening in baseball so you have you know days where we're saying happy father's day because dads are the reason why you like baseball not because most people actually get their love of sport from their mothers but you know things like that women aren't included maybe start being a little more inclusive but in better ways that aren't sexist it's not only that it's enabled or facilitated but that men are able to sort of operate with impunity that there is no system of accountability, that it's taken as the price of admission for women in this space precisely because it's seen as a space that women don't yet belong to, right? That they, they should be privileged, they should be grateful that they have access to a space that's not for them. So I see those through lines. I hear exactly what you're saying, that it's, it's a deeply, deeply rooted thing that's more than just about hiring more women and more than just about a certain generation aging out, but this sort of change needs to happen on all levels. Okay, so to switch gears a little bit to perhaps a hopefully more optimistic subject, each episode we ask our guests to step up to bat into the shoes of a baseball player. So if you were to pick a walk-up song to get you hype coming out of the dugout, what would it be? Mm. 
So I'm gonna go with guys I like. Um, I'm sticking with the R&B. I'm sticking with New Jack Swing, but also it is my jam. Like someone asked a question on the Bird app about you know your favorite Teddy Riley produced song, and that song comes to mind 100% of the time. It is hands down my favorite song. Um, so it would be my walk up song. I'd be hyped. Like I don't think I'd be able to be calm at bat though. <laughs> Do you have someone, um, you know, just from a game that you've actually experienced in person? Um, I love your choice, but also that, you know, like one that either surprised you or you really, really loved. Um, did someone switch up on you or you're like, oh, you got a new walk up song? You know what? Not really. Most baseball players listen to Drake. So you hear a lot of like, <laughs> you know, you either hear like your country, your rock, your Latin music, but then you got a lot of Drake. So that kind of, you know what I'm going to go with? Dexter Fowler, um, who used to play for the Cubs and the Cardinals, he walked up to Big Rings by uh, Future and Drake. And I was like, that takes, that takes, like, that takes hubris, right? Because I got a really big team and we need some really big rings. Like, yes, Dexter. So that was surprising to me. <laughs> that song has anthem energy of like really setting a tone. So I, mm -hmm. I love that one. That one's made for made for some songs. I just feel like they're made for sport for sure, which is our whole obsession. Mm -hmm. So this is our kind of manifestation space, our corner where we think of we dream up great collaborations. Is there a particular athlete? It could be a team, and an artist or band collaboration you'd love to see that could be regionally tied, like an artist from a city and a team. From from a city doing something cool together, merch, music. Tell us something you would love to see happen. Okay, wow, that's great. Dang, I'm thinking super hard about this. Well, so I'm gonna do two. If Fife was still around, I would like Fife to do like an MLB playoff song because I don't think anyone dropped more sports references than five, but one of my favorites was coming with more hits than the Braves and the Yankees. And then for present day, like current, I'm gonna stick, I'm gonna stick to rap. I'm gonna stick to rap. But I think I'd like to see the current Oakland A's and maybe some short. Like um that would be real cool because the Giants have E40. So I think that would be that would be really fly. Now I'm cheating and doing and doing going three. I gotta go with an NFL thing, right? So I don't know what team in the NFL is necessarily cool at the moment. Um, but I'm a Bears fan. So I would like to see Gibbs, Freddie Gibbs, um, and the Bears collab, particularly Justin Fields, Freddie Gibbs. That would make my heart swell a lot. <laughs> well, we heard it here first. May these manifestations become material realities uh, in the short term, if not long term. We would support this every, every step of the way. Um, if our listeners can help make this happen, please let us know. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us. Shakia Taylor is an award-winning baseball writer and historian. Check out her work at 538 Baseball Prospectus and Fangraphs. You can also follow her on Twitter at Curly Fro. Highly recommend that you do. Thank you so much for listening to another edition of Sounding Off, brought to you by The Sound of Victory. 
you want more music and sport collisions, check us out at soundofvictory.org or on Instagram at the sound of victory. Subscribe to Sounding Off wherever you get your podcasts. And as always, we want to hear from you. So please rate and review us. <laughs>